0: You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 226. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com/226.
1: You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. <laughs> Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, we are. Hello, hello.
0: How you doing, baby doll?
1: Today's a good day.
0: Today's a good day. Yes. So,
1: Why is it such a good day?
0: Well... Because we are one day away from Halloween. Yeah. Which is one of my absolute favorite- Favorite holidays. Holidays ever. Yes, yes. And if you are listening to this episode, the day that it airs, which is October 30th, our sweet asses are in-
1: Hawaii.
0: Hawaii. Yes. Yes. It's our first huge vacation in a long time. Since the Bahamas. I think you're right. Since 2015. Mm Mm-hmm. This is going to be reaching your beautiful ears as we are likely chilling, probably a few whiskeys deep on the beach.
1: Probably. For sure. <laughs> For sure. For shiz.
0: So we thought as we go through the next couple of podcasts as we're traveling to give you a little update on where we happen to be each week. Mm-hmm. And you'll still, even though we're traveling and kind of a pure chaos in our world. I wanted to make sure that I was still getting really rich content out to you every single week. So you will still hear us every week and we'll give you a little play by play of where we happen to be, which I think will be kind of fun. That will be fun. And, We have an awesome topic for you today, which is all around dealing with friends or family, people in your world who may be involved in a really toxic relationship. Mm -hmm. And this was something that came as a listener submission. If you weren't aware of this, anyone can submit a show topic. And if you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash show idea, all one word, you can submit your ideas for us to tackle on the show, and somebody wrote in and kind of just expressed that somebody who was very, very close to her was in a really manipulative relationship. So we're, I'll read it a little bit, and we can get more involved in that as we, as we go, but I think that's one of those tough scenarios that we all run into where we see something for somebody else, and we really want them to see it too, and yeah. they just don't, and how do you grapple with that? Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. I've got a bunch of things to say about that. But I'm thinking before we,
1: we get into that stuff, I that mean, heavy stuff, let's do a little light. <laughs> would you rather? Yeah, let's do a Would you rather. All right. All right. So, this week's episode of Would You Rather is
0: brought to you by the letter B. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs>
1: brought to you by Jameson. Um Would you rather?
0: Jamison, uh, we're available for yeah, – uh,
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, you want to do some ads? Um, would you rather have the nose of a pig – Oh, my goodness. Or the eyes of a snake?
0: Oh, eyes of a snake.
1: Eyes of a snake? Really? I think so. Oh, uh, but that's your, su- such a great feature. Eyes. <sighs> Eyes are the windows to the soul. I know, but... You look like a snake. Like, what kind of soul do you have?
0: But then if I have... Even if I had the most gorgeous eyes in the world, if I had a pig nose, it'd be... That
1: is so not true. Look at Miss Piggy. Yeah. She's adorable. I mean... And she's got a pig nose and beautiful
0: eyes. But she's full on pig. It's not... (laughs) (laughs) But she... No, no. It's very different to be a full on pig versus a human with a pig
1: (laughs) nose (laughs) do you know what I mean yeah like she's
0: she's full-blown pig
1: full-blown pig full-blown pig never go full-blown full-blown pig just (laughs) never do it
0: well so would you pick pig nose I think I would really
1: I think I would I'd rather have like
0: yeah I think I'd go okay so snake eyes are just super beady
1: yeah they're a little beady and they never blink
0: Oh, how creepy. I would creep people out. Well, I could never Skype with my clients.
1: <laughs> or face radio. But
0: with that, you could wear like some pretty cool shades or pretend you're blind or something like that. There you go. And then – That's true. You wouldn't have to be dealing with that snout. There's nothing you could do about snout? that snout though.
1: Yeah, you're right.
0: Do you know what I mean? So,
1: <laughs> You do that so good. Oh my
0: gosh. Oh my God. Wow. Well, let's let's jump into this topic of what to do when somebody that you really, really love is in a toxic relationship. Oh, but before I do that, let me not forget we talk about the Would You Rathers every week in the After Hours Club. Glad you said that. You can find that link in the show notes. For this particular episode, you can find also the link to submit a show topic in this episode in the show notes. But if you go to the joyjunkie.com slash club, it will redirect you to the Facebook group. And in the Facebook group, I do additional trainings and videos. And a lot of times there's coupon codes for classes and support and camaraderie and discussion all all day. Learn. So. Come hang out and tell us what you would rather. Okay. So this audience member wrote into the show and said, how do I deal with this situation where I am really close to this person who is in a toxic relationship and I really view the other party as manipulative and controlling, but my friend does not see it. Hmm. And they don't think it's really all that bad; they think I'm being kind of dramatic and hyperbolic about it. Okay. Well, when I read this, I was like, "Oh my God, I have absolutely been in this situation before with two different friends of mine. Oh, I know who they are, and both times, I felt really strongly that their partner was incredibly manipulative and derogatory and wasn't treating them well." And I addressed it with both of these friends of mine. One friendship ended up really thriving and one ended up falling by the wayside and it kind of ran its course because I think still to this day, we have differing opinions about who she ultimately chose to marry and and build a family with. And there really was a situation there in which if she were to continue to be friends with me she would have to sacrifice how she could talk to me about her relationship
1: mm-hmm. right
0: because that was one of the boundaries that i established was i don't want to talk to you about it right and ultimately for both of us in that scenario the cost was too big for each of us and so the friendship was what had to end and sometimes that's the case and it's really quite challenging it depends how much of a big deal it is for you to support somebody through a toxic relationship. It's
1: kind of a big deal.
0: (laughs) It's it's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. But I think that a lot of times we think we need to salvage this friendship at all costs instead of looking at, okay, if I say I don't want to converse with you about this relationship any longer – Am I willing to really stand behind that boundary and and look at what it's costing me to support them? So we'll we'll get all into it. Hmm. But I've been there and I thought the audience could really take a few pointers from me going through this shit in the past. And I think the first thing that I would point you to if somebody you love is in a really shitty relationship is to check in with yourself and ask, what do I need to give voice to? In order to feel at peace.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: I remember talking to one of, one of my girlfriends about this scenario. So let me give them names so it's easier to know what the hell I'm talking about. Let's call her Jane. Okay. So this friend of mine, Jane, was in a relationship with, let's say, John. And she legitimately would ask my opinion about it. And you know me. I'm not going <laughs> to sugarcoat that. I'm going to say exactly how I feel. I'm going to say it kindly. And the fact that she
1: was even asking is a clue.
0: That's yeah. right. And she really did value my opinion. And, and to her credit, she was ready to hear what I had to say. But I did tell her, I do not want to be that friend. I don't want to be that best friend because she was my definitely my best friend at the time who you go through a breakup and then I say something like, oh, I never really liked him anyway or I never mm-hmm. really trusted him yeah, anyway yeah, yeah. or I always thought he was a – dick to you
1: wait what you should have told me that a long time ago exactly
0: exactly now i do think that there's a slightly different scenario when somebody is asking your opinion and when they are not
1: Mm -hmm. and okay
0: but with either situation if you are watching somebody who you love Go through something that you deem really detrimental and toxic. There's a threat kind of to your own personal integrity. It's, it's kind of that whole thing that I've always talked about before. Like, don't allow your silence to make you a liar. Yeah. Don't allow your silence to make you complicit mm-hmm. or that you somehow agree with something. In fact, in our, I think we're seeing this a lot in our political landscape where we're noticing that if you choose silence, you're choosing the role of the oppressor.
1: Yeah, wow, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so we're starting
0: to see more and more that silence can be detrimental. And I also think it's wildly out of integrity. So I would start with that question. What do I need to give voice to in order to be at peace with the human I am in this relationship? To be at peace with the friend I am in this partnership? Yeah. Because don't be that person who's like, oh, yeah, I never liked him. Like, don't don't be that, right? Yeah. So there really is though a different a distinction between when somebody's asking your opinion and when you just really need to get it off your chest cuz there could be like what this listener said it sounds like they've talked about it a little bit and her friend doesn't seem to think that it's that bad or that it's that big of a deal.
1: Okay. She's
0: that's her responsibility. Like she gets to have whatever viewpoint that she has. What I do find happens more often than not is that somebody will be, like, let's take an example of, let's say I have a friend, Maria, and she is in a super toxic relationship and then all she does is talk to me about how awful he is. She calls me when he's been a dick or when she can't come home or he hasn't come home and turns to me for all of these things That she's experiencing from this toxic relationship. So now the implications of Maria being in this horrible relationship are massively affecting who I am. They're affecting my quality of sleep, my mental real estate and bandwidth, my ability to focus on what's going on with me. And this could be the case for any subject matter, right? This could be your father who wants to talk about politics and you don't have the same opinion. That's a call for some sort of boundary about the content of what you talk about with this person all the time. And I find that this can be really prevalent when you have a friendship who happens to be in a toxic relationship. Yeah. And there might be room there for a boundary to say, yes, we can still be friends, but I am not going to converse with you about him anymore or about Mm. her anymore. The same way you could establish a boundary with dad and say, if you continue to talk about politics where we never get anywhere, you do not hear me, I do not hear you, I'm going to hang up the phone. So it's a matter of can this relationship survive if we eliminate this content, if we eliminate this topic that always occupies our conversation, right? Okay. So there's, I think there's a piece in examining that a little bit and looking at if this person didn't have this issue with this relationship that they have? Would I really enjoy them? Are they still a really awesome friend? Do I really love them? Or is it somebody I am feeling compelled to save? Because that happens too, where it's like, especially if you listen to podcasts like this and you are really into personal development, you start seeing all these people in your life who maybe are struggling with things and you want to save them and they don't want to be saved. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? right, they they just want you to be there for them as they continue to fall on the ground, destroyed by what their partner just did or didn't do.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: They're not really ready to take those strong stands of f- having power in their their personal beliefs and standing up for themselves and all of that. They might not be there yet, and they might not ever be there. And that's where you have to kind of go internal and go: Have I given voice to everything I need to give voice to?
1: I so, would hope that doing that would actually allow people to respect you more.
0: You would think so, right? And and I totally agree with you. I feel like, especially when we talk about the people that we want to manifest in our world and the friendships that we want to have, nobody says, I want inauthentic friendships, or I want a bunch of people around me who just tell me what I want to hear. We don't say that. Right. But yet we behave that way. We go, oh, I could never tell her what I think about her partner. She's gonna be so offended or so hurt, or she's gonna think I didn't support her, I don't love her or him. Right. Yeah. And I think we need to reroute what speaking up means instead of it being I'm deliberately hurting a this person. Thing. Yeah. Right. It's no, I love this person so much so right. that I, want- I think
1: if you preface it with that,
0: absolutely. You know,
1: that, that's your in.
0: Definitely. And I think there's a lot to be said for approach for sure. Sure, sure. Which leads me into number two, but of course it does. Perfect segue, (laughs) McGee. But I do think that there is, there's something that I've seen with my own friendships. And one of my colleagues had said, had a similar situation and has approached her friend and said, I have some thoughts about what you've shared with me. I have some opinions about your relationship. Are you willing to hear it? Are you open to me sharing with you my thoughts. And that other person gets to say yes or no. And you can also say, okay, that being said, if you don't want to have a conversation about it, that's okay with me. But I need you to know I cannot stand by and watch you go through this relationship and constantly be your shoulder to cry on. Yeah. I'm willing to help you work through things, but if you don't want to hear my thoughts on this, my humble request is that you don't, we don't talk about him or her.
1: That's so difficult. I mean- It
0: is. It is hard.
1: If you're your friends, that's something that you want to confide in. That's right.
0: So you can kind of go a couple of different approaches with it. It depends how many chances you want to offer them and how close you are because sometimes you have these friendships that they're involved in a toxic relationship. But when you come, when it really comes down to it, you don't get much from the friendship. It's not really something you want to dig deeper. And then other times it's like your best friend in the world.
1: Sure.
0: You have to decide what are the parameters? Do you want to ask, Hey, can I give you my thoughts? I've, I've really got some concerns and I would love to share them with you. Do you need to establish a boundary? Do you need to point blank say, I really have some things I need to get off my chest about this and I feel it infringing on my relationship with you?
1: Absolutely.
0: You can say it like that. You get to decide the approach and you get to decide what your particular line in the sand is. Are you going to converse about it going forward? Are you going to put a stop to it? But we'll get to, we'll get to that in a second. Boundaries, boundaries. That's right. So number two is your approach and how you actually communicate. So this is about really coming from a place of love and telling them what you see and hear in their interaction, what it feels like for you to be the shoulder to cry on all the time. Because a lot of times people, when they're in their own pain of a toxic relationship, they don't realize how much that pain transfers Like, if you're in pain, babe, like, my heart hurts. If my best friend Andrea is in pain, my heart hurts. Like, I can't see her in pain, all that. You know, there's an implication of somebody supporting you also feeling that pain. That's the sort of thing to express to them. It just kills me. Not making it about you, but saying, it kills me to know what a beautiful human you are and then to see you. So unhappy, bawling your eyes out, constantly not being able to work because you're always occupied with what he did or she did. And I I hate seeing you like this. You're such a beautiful human and you have so much to offer. And I don't think that you're in a relationship that's honoring that, right? Yeah. So you can express that stuff really kindly and gently, obviously, grace and kindness, right?
1: This gal's in the opposite position though. She has a friend that thinks. Oh, that's really not that bad, but she feels that it is
0: well, that can also be because that's how all your relationships have been mm. where there's plenty of people out there. you know how they like always go for the bad guy, right, like the bad boy, always oh, sure. date the bad boy. It's right. like why you know we, what your mom used to say is like my picker, my picker is off, or something right. like I have a bad picker of men, yeah a lot of times, people who are in a toxic relationship have been in a series of them mm. Mm-hmm. And they don't realize how toxic they are because that's their norm. Or they grew up with really poor models of relationships. So they don't know that that's not normal for somebody to speak to you like that. Mm. Or be manipulative or controlling in some way.
1: They're saying the friend's gauge might be off.
0: That's right. Yeah. And they, they may have a skewed view of their relationship based off of their own belief system.
1: Sure, sure. Right? The important thing is she feels it.
0: Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. But one of my favorite things to do when you are broaching a challenging conversation like this is to really state your intention. Like my intention is not to hurt you or my intention is to be the best possible friend I can be for you because I love you to the ends of the world and back. You know, yeah. stating what it is so that you're not coming from a place of judgment and I would also ask them for the time to talk and just say, hey, I've got some things I'd really like to run by you. Do you, t- you want to grab coffee tomorrow or do you have time to chat on the phone tomorrow or whatever? Mm-hmm. That way you both are in like a nice, calm place and you can just gently say, man, I've got some things I really want to share with you. And the last thing I want is for you to think that I'm judging you. Right? Like you can state what you don't want and you can also state what your intention is. Yeah. And that can really preface the conversation to be so much softer. Hmm, And then you start addressing the things that we talked about in number one. What do you need to give voice to in order to be at peace? Knowing that she or he may or not may not heed your warning. They may or may not agree with you. That's not what it's about. It's about what do I need to do to feel like I'm not a liar? or that I'm not complicit, or just allowing something to happen that I don't feel right about. That's what it's about. Now, if they agree with you, if they want your help, if they want your support, that's a bonus. That's a gift. But we're not doing that – we're not doing it specifically for the result. That's our ideal, of course, but we're doing this so that you can feel at peace with who you are being.
1: Hmm. Being at yeah. peace with
0: the friend that you are being. Yes, yeah. So try as as much as you can to know, here's my ideal, but I'm not – that's not my responsibility to force that result. Yeah. So it's kind of like being attached to the result but not being attached to the result, you know? I know. I
1: know it's a, I know It exactly gets a little bit that tricky. Is. That is tricky. Fine line.
0: The third item is to boundary up. And I'm going to – List a link to one of the boundary podcasts that I think could be really effective. Because the idea behind a boundary is very clearly a choice about what you will or will not tolerate any longer. I've had these conversations with friends of mine where the boundary was related to the content of what our friendship oftentimes conversed about. So we would she would oftentimes talk about disparaging remarks about her body it was always about being too fat or being having cottage cheese legs and like having to stay skinny and everything was about food and diet and 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 i would i had to put a boundary around that and say i love you to death i cannot in integrity have these sorts of conversations I don't want to be talking so negatively about my body. I don't want you to grab your thigh and try to get my buy-in about how thick it is. Like, I'm Mm. not going to do that. That's my request is that we don't talk about that anymore. And we had a great conversation about it, and it was completely understood. And there were some tears and all of that. But it's about – I would think most often if it's a friendship that you really, truly want to stay connected to, it might be a boundary about the content of your friendship. Here's what I am not willing to do. So with one of my situations, let's call this other friend Beth, when I established a boundary around that, I said, you do not have to agree with me at all. You don't have to see that he is what I believe really detrimental to you and rude and manipulative and controlling. You don't have to agree with me. My request and what I need for me is that we hang out outside of that relationship. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's healthy for for me to even give you my opinion because obviously you don't want to hear it. Mm
1: -hmm. You don't
0: agree with me. But in order for me to be okay with me, I cannot hang out with you and him. I can't. Go to your house and hang out with him. I don't want to talk about him. We need to have our friendship not revolving around that piece of information in your world. And that was the boundary I had to establish. And that was the one that ended up fizzling apart because I had to really stick to my guns with that. And so did she. And so did she. And I think we still feel differently about it. And that's okay.
1: Now, from this submissioner standpoint, she's actually going in reverse of that. She's talking to her friend and saying, you know, I'm feeling like this is not an okay thing for my spouse or significant other to be doing, and you do. Where, how do you draw that boundary?
0: Well, what this submission is saying is exactly like that scenario that I just gave.
1: Oh, oh okay. Because
0: her her friend is saying, I don't think it's that bad. And the listener is saying, no, he cannot treat you that way. That's super manipulative. So it's where you and your friend don't agree.
1: Okay. All right. I'm back. You're back? I was confused. I thought the submitter, it was their significant other. No, 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 no. It's the friend's significant other. Yes. Ah, okay.
0: That's why the whole topic is when someone you love is in a toxic relationship. (laughs)
1: I'm back. I'm back.
0: Stay with me, Smith. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. That comes back to that idea of what are the boundaries that you need to establish inside of that relationship? Now, with that sit- situation that I just mentioned with Beth, we tried that for a while. We tried that for a while where we got together just for breakfasts or lunches and we didn't meet at her house ever and we didn't talk about him. Mm-hmm. And it felt really awkward and weird and uncomfortable, Yeah, especially because they were getting married and starting a life together and all of these things. And here I am saying like, I don't want to be a part of that in any way. Right. So even though I felt so strongly, so did she, and she's allowed to feel that. right? And there was also an additional component that I think is worth exploring. And that is the rest of the relationship. When I took a step back and really looked at the nature of that relationship with Beth, I noticed that I was the one who was always initiating, getting together. And if I wasn't f- kind of forcing the friendship, there really wasn't one. I You had es- to
1: be the initiator.
0: That's yeah. right. I essentially started seeing that it was not a reciprocal relationship, really.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And so not only were we in stark disagreement about her partner, but I also started realizing I desired more out of a friendship, period. Mm-hmm the decision to start fading away became a little bit easier, right? So I do think that there's other components inside that friendship. Like, for instance, you might play on a sports team together. Maybe you guys do like community softball or something. And that's a perfect way for you guys to stay in touch, but you don't have to be conversing about her Go partner. Out for
1: drinks or, you know, other things, yeah.
0: You have to analyze the complexity of the relationship and look at – how hard do I want to fight for this? Mm-hmm. And how how can we make this work so that we both feel honored and know that sometimes these decisions are far too detrimental to make everybody happy, Yeah, you know? And so that's why I wanted to share these two different scenarios because one, she ended up breaking up with the guy and Jane broke up with John and – was really happy about it and really saw a lot of the toxicity, and her eyes were open to things, and we were in agreement about it, and that was fantastic. The other one, she ended up marrying him. They have kids now, like full on, still in that relationship, and the friendship had to end. It's okay if it needs to end in order for you to take a stand for your own personal integrity. Right. Do not have to support a friend at all fucking costs. You do not. It's the same equivalent of enabling a drug-addicted sibling, right? You can't love them so much that they get sober or that they get clean. Yeah, sure. And sometimes that hard boundary of, no, I'm not going to bail you out of jail. No, I'm not going to give you a place to stay is exactly what they need to go, oh my gosh, there's so much toxicity in my life. And there, that is exactly the same case about a toxic relationship that in integrity you cannot support that is okay for you to take a strong stand about that. Yeah. Those are the pieces for you to start analyzing. And then number four is really just a concept for you to remember. And that is ultimately it is their choice. The same way if we take an extreme of like a drug-addictive sibling, ultimately you can intervene. You can say, hey, I will pay for rehab. Or you can put your boundaries in place. You can say what you will and will not tolerate. And that person can still choose – the toxic behavior. They can still choose something completely different. Mm -hmm. And you need to know that no matter what, your responsibility is to give voice to the things that you need to give voice to in order to be at peace with the role you have had in that relationship, not to force them to see it your way. That's an impossibility. We cannot do that. All we can do is offer an invite. All we can do is share our perspective. All we can do is keep our side of the road clean and try to be the best partner, spouse, friend, sibling that we can be. Right. That's it. That's all I we have. At the
1: beginning those conversations seemed really hard, but when you actually have them, things become lighter and That's right. and you become clearer on who you are and what you want and the types of relationships you want in your life. That's right. Yeah.
0: Well, it's interesting. We, so I am preparing to get into the next round of the tribe, which will be in the new year. Yeah. And if you you haven't heard about this, this is my 12 week deep group immersion where we target all of this stuff, but in a much, much deeper capacity. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And what these sorts of elements do for you, like when you really learn the words to say to your mother in law. Or the words to say to your best friend who's in a toxic relationship. That starts changing your relationship to your own self-worth. Yes. And you start going, oh my God, I am deserving of having reciprocal friendships who build me up as much as I build them up. And when you start taking a stand for the things that you want to give voice to in all of your relationships – that subconscious message becomes, I matter. I fucking matter. What I want matters. What I need matters. And then that directly equates to happiness. Like yeah. when, we, when you genuinely have that self-worth stance or belief it's it, it's like impossible for you not to be sublimely happy mm-hmm. you know and that's what the tribe offers in a lot of ways we dig into a lot of this deep stuff that you guys get kind of a sampling of on the on the pod right. but students tell me all the time i had no idea how much deeper i could go and the change that i could create Because this kind of stuff is very band aid y, right? Like you can grab a couple of ideas and maybe smooth things over. And then you might go into another friendship or relationship and not speak your truth or not hold your ground. And then you're in this other spiral of negative self talk. The tribe is truly about changing the entire trajectory of your life so that you feel wildly more powerful in all relationships. But anyway, that doesn't open until January, which is a few months away, but I've started to create a interest list for people who want to be in on oh, cool. any early bird specials yeah. or things like that. All you have to do is go to the slash tribe, and you'll see a spot where you can just sign up, and then you will be the first to get all the insider scoop. And then you have some time to kind of save your pennies and, and carve out the new year for you. I'm actually currently wrapping up with a tribe right now, and- I love these women. Like I can't imagine not seeing them every week. You know, you build yeah, so this cool. alliance of truly like minded spirits and people. And there's nothing like having that in your corner to make you feel like a fucking badass. Absolutely. Anyway, you can find that at the joyjunkie.com slash tribe, or it will also be in the show notes. Anything else you wanted to add about conversations with a friend like this?
1: Hmm. I think it's different for men and women in this situation.
0: Yeah, that's a good point.
1: But it doesn't have to be. Right. Women are much more communicative about mm-hmm. what's going on in their lives. And men just want an escape a lot of times. Right. So I think for men, being able to bridge that is a, a, takes a little bit of a different finesse than, than it does with women. Or yeah. with men and women, you know, right. having that conversation. So that might be a, a part of its own.
0: Yeah, I I would argue that the content changes a bit. Like where like what a woman might say might be just a little different than a man might say, Bro, I'm not sure about that girl. Yeah. You know, might be a little more of course. like, I don't know. You know, it mm-hmm. might be a joke that leads you in. But I've heard you be really forthright with people, you know, about with your best friend about your thoughts on his marriage and mm-hmm. I think it's absolutely possible. And I also would argue that we need to ask more from our men. You know? We yeah. need to ask more from well, men in our society, period.
1: You're right. But I think men just communicate differently than women. do. Absolutely. So I think maybe maybe there's a a pot on that.
0: And I think ultimately what it comes down to is is that question of like, do I need to say something? Yeah. What do I need to say? Right. And everybody can check in on that. That's
1: true. That's
0: Everybody absolutely. can do that. And then you and get how to you fashion. It. It yes. Up to you. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Cool. Well, I think that's it for today. All of the links from today's episode you can find in the show notes page. And we are off to more adventures. We'll be back in your newsfeed next week with another episode of The Joy Junkie Show. And here is to loving and living your most badass life.
1: Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. <laughs>